All right, let's do this. Welcome to the podcast, or if you're in LA, the podcast. Episode two, all access. Hope you enjoyed the uh, the first episode. Thanks for coming back. I think any of us that uh, do this for a living are crazy, by the way. So uh, I saw the band Ghost on uh, on Saturday, uh, the final date of their U.S. tour. Um, you know, those guys beat us out, and I say us, Seven Dust, they beat us out for the Grammy this year. So I hated them for a little while, but uh, ended up through the festival circuit uh, this year, uh, getting to know some of the guys and their crew and their band, and, and our band, Seven Dust, and, and our crew became very good friends with, with those guys and, and their crew, and ended up being uh, some really nice guys. Uh, so it was a pleasure getting to know them, and uh, so had the opportunity to go see them on Saturday in Brooklyn uh, for the last show of their tour at the King's Theater. And and this story is twofold. Number one, Ghost in a, in a headline setting put on a fantastic show, great production. Uh, so if you get a chance to go see them, I would I would encourage you to do that. Um, very cool show, very well done. Production is dialed, lights, the, the, everything is 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 on point. And then it was the first time I had been to this this theater in, in Brooklyn called King's Theater, and it was uh, it's probably the best venue I've ever been to in my life. I think it is the coolest, nicest, uh, most well. It's the, the 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 best run venue I've ever been to. Um, staff is is has got their shit together, you know, to say the least. But you know, it, it was an indication. First of all, you sit down. It's a seated theater, so that's a little tough for active rock. But it works for you know comedians and and uh, more uh, you know con- adult contemporary artists. But you know, Ghost being there, it was it was pretty appropriate because the theater's very old, and I mean, you could stare at the ceiling for two hours and and not get bored. The ceiling in and of itself, it's if you've ever been to, uh, I think it's uh, Radio City or or even the Beacon. Um, you know, or a beautiful theater. You know, you know what it's like when the ceiling is just awe-inspiring, and Kings takes that to a whole other level. So, if you ever get a chance to go see a show there, do it. And check this out. You know, the security guards at the front of the, the stage that are, that face the audience and catch crowd surfers and whatnot. You know, normally when you go to a show, those guys are like the brute guys that are angry and pissed off and and uh, are singing along with all the songs. These guys had suits on. The King's Theater security guards were in suits and ties the whole show. So I, I was pretty impressed with that. So, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit today um, about, uh, you know, vocation and being an entrepreneur as an artist or, you know, if you want to combine those words, an artistpreneur, um, as most artists need to be, especially on the front of their career, front end of their career. They need to be in charge of the business. They need to know what's going on in the business. And certainly for me with my artists, uh, the younger ones, uh, the, the developing artists, I try to keep them as informed as possible so that, you know, if somebody I'm not with them in a, in a professional capacity, they are well-educated um, on how to run their business and understanding how a business should run. And and I think that, you know, forcing yourself as a young artist or as a 
established artist to be an entrepreneur and know what's going on in your business is incredibly important, not just so you don't get ripped off, but so that as the leader of the organization, which as a band member or a, an owner in a company who's running a, a business which is driven by you know live performance, recorded music, publishing, and 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 uh, you know any other kind of revenue streams, sponsorships, whatever revenue streams you want to call it. But if you're not familiar with what's going on in your business and and you're letting other people do it for you, or it's simply just not being handled, um, it's it's a little dopey, you know. And and I use the word vocation and. and that word, if you're not familiar with it, really, really applies to, you know, I like to describe it that it's, it's vocation for me is what I do. And what I do is in my DNA, it's almost a, as much of a requirement to me as oxygen and, and water. You know, it's, if I don't have it, I'm not whole. If I'm not, if I don't have it, there's nothing else I, I want to be doing that's a vocation, you know, and you know these people in your life, um, not musicians maybe or not artists, but people who, you know, maybe they're a doctor or an attorney or um, they save people, they save animals, whatever, whatever it may be. You know these people that, that they have a higher calling than just showing up to get a paycheck. And, and I, I, you know, I use the word vocation here today with us, but... You know, you have to love it so much that you'll do it for free. And I think that's a really important thing when when you're a young artist or a developing artist, especially if you're unique um, and you're out there hustling and maybe things aren't coming fast enough to you or as fast as you think they should. Um, if it's not a vocation, if you won't do it for free forever and struggle for it all, um, then that to me is an indication that maybe you're not in the right place. And I was there. You know, I, I was a drummer in a band for many, many years. I was a drummer. Um, and I thought I had it all figured out. And I thought I was in the best band in the world. And looking back, obviously, that's not the case. Um, and, you know, being a young 20s musician... Um, of course you think you're invincible and you think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you know, thankfully I've been able to recently certainly become a little more self-aware. Um, and as you grow up, we all become self-aware, um, or at least that's the goal. But, you know, I, I realized when I, when I fell into my love of business and, and what I'm doing now especially, um, that what I thought was my vocation or thought what I thought was what was in my DNA before, uh, was incorrect. And, you know, I, I think being honest and being aware of that has been an incredible tool for me and has been empowering and has been so important for my career because I don't stand on the side of the stage when I'm watching a band um, or a band of mine, and I'm not, en I'm not envious of that. I'm not envious. I, I don't want to be on the drum kit when Morgan Rose is playing. I don't want to be on, you know, I don't want to play the guitar the way that Tom Monda plays the guitar. You know, and those are just two of my guys. Um, but I don't, I don't stand on the side of the stage 
and crave it. You know, I'm very comfortable with my role. And even doing this podcast, I mean, you ask the people around here at Architect, I mean, I've, I've kind of kept this under wraps, but, you know, this is a, a step out for me because I've been, I've been behind the scenes for so long that this is in, in some ways uncomfortable. And I'm forcing myself to do it because I think there's some value here and I, I, I think there's, this is an incredibly white space. It's an empty space right now um, that there aren't a lot of resources. But, you know, I... I I'm very comfortable where I am. And I think if you're willing to do what is calling you for free forever, then you're in the right place. And and what you got to do then is hone and chisel and chisel and chisel and chisel and chisel until you hit your Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours metric whatever that number whatever that thing is for you until that until that x factor shows up that you can't buy manufacture um or pull out of thin air it just shows up and the people who are looking for it will find it you know i really believe that shit but uh, you know until that happens you got to hustle you got to stay tenacious talked about that in the first podcast bands like rush twisted sister you know bands that that just the Beatles, Christ, the, the Beatles were playing eight shows a week for years before anybody found them because they needed to, because they had to. They had no other choice. They woke up in the morning, it's all they thought about. So if that's you, then you're in the right place. And, and maybe if you haven't made it yet and you've been doing it 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe you're just not good enough. And you need to find a, a, a way to, to, to tap into your talents, hack into that a little bit and figure out why you're not successful to the level you want to be at. Or get honest with the people around you, the people who are closest to you, and beg them to be brutally honest with you. I mean, it's some of the most uncomfortable shit you'll ever do, but it, it inspires, it causes growth. And I mean, uh, I think I said it right, but if you can see yourself doing anything else than what you're doing right now, you're not doing the right thing for you. If you if you daydream about doing other things or you daydream about more money or more this or more that or material things that, that maybe can be acquired if you go be an investment banker or you get a job at Burger King even, Christ, for most of us, Burger King is it'd be an upgrade in pay. You know, if you if you can see yourself doing anything else, I really believe you're not doing the right thing. And I and I mean that as a compliment. That self awareness is so empowering. It's not a threat. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to find. what you are really good at, what is really calling you, what you're really supposed to be doing. And it took me five, six, seven incarnations. I mean, you know, maybe I'll fall in love with this. You know, but it it took me a long time to fall into artist management. I never set out to do that. You know, and I don't want to make this about me, but I'll tell you, when I was a drummer, 
I thought I was the I, I thought I was the shit, man. I thought I was the best. And then, you know, years later you look back and you know, self-awareness is crucial. And do I think I'm the best artist manager in the world? Hell no. But giving a damn and waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and that's all you think about and it's the only thing I can see myself doing come hell or high water. Having never set out to do it, it was an accident. I fell into it. Met Clint Lowry on Twitter. You know, that's how it all got started. And we'll talk about that someday. But, you know, it's, 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 it's finding what you need professionally to complement what you are personally. And that combination brings out the best you. And I know that's foo-foo shit. I, I know that's the stuff your mother would laugh at you about. And mine too. But I really believe it. You know, this shit isn't fun. It's not supposed to be. It's a vocation. It's in your DNA. You know. Drinking water, breathing, eating food, and your vocation. Those are the four things that I think about. And some other things too. But those are the main four things. And if, if financial gain is your, is your goal, then, I mean, all the power to you. I don't, I don't have a problem with someone doing it for the money. But if, if that's your driver, if that's your, if that's your, your end game, and it's not because you need to do it, you know, I just don't see that as the right move especially in the arts, when right now it's so hard to get noticed. The people getting noticed are the one-tenth of one percent that have some sort of uh, difference maker, some X factor that you cannot buy. But when you walk, when they walk in the room and you're in that room or they're on the stage, you just know it, you see it. And it's not clothing, it's not good looks. Sometimes it's not a great voice or a great you know, guitar player, great performance. There's just a charisma, an X factor you cannot even put your finger on. I can't even explain it to you right now. But you know that kind of artist. They're the ones you're jealous of, envious of, fearful of that they're going to make it before you. We all know them. We all do. And And, you know, becoming a middle-class artist. I mean, that's 99% of the artists out there, you know, are middle-class artists that are, are doing it because they need to do it and are just able to pay their bills. And the young ones are happy and the old ones sometimes wish they had more. But, you know, my uh, John French who I referenced in the uh, the last podcast. I'll reference him a lot because I find him to be a great inspiration. But he's the uh, original manager of Seven Dust and uh, guitar player and Twisted Sister. He, he talks about, 
you know, there's this well of inspiration that you have as a young artist. And as you get older, the well starts to run dry. And, and the substitution for that well of inspiration or the well of tenacity, you know, I'll play with his words a little bit, but is, is the financial uh, stability that comes with building a career. And certainly, don't get me wrong, that stuff is important. You know, as you get older, that, that well starts to run dry and financial comfort's important. You know, but if you're young and you're tenacious and it's all you think about and you're self-aware, you'll make it. But all those things require a very deep honesty with yourself. You know, a very deep honesty. And you can't, you know... You can't, uh, you can't get there without it. You just can't. Well, I hope that makes some sense. I've, uh, I did this podcast before I did the, uh, before I put up the first one, actually. So, um, I hadn't, uh, obviously received any feedback from that first one, but I'm looking forward to your feedback. Please tell me what, what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying. I, uh, I really want to know. Um, because, like I said, it, it's going to frame the conversation as we move forward. And it's going to allow me to understand what, what is valuable to you. So, I don't care what you think of what you may say. If you don't think it's important, if you don't think it's constructive, if you, if you think it's dopey, I don't care. I want to hear from you. Um, goes right to me, right to my inbox, nobody else, right to me, George, G-E-O-R-G-E at architect, A-R-C-H-I-T-E-K-T, music.com, on Twitter, at George Roskus, R-O-S-K-O-S, at George Roskus, and uh, please, I want to hear from you, and uh, I'm so incredibly thankful that you're listening, please tell your friends, share it with your friends, put it on your Facebook, Um, and uh, we'll talk soon.